everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt. We are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. At least I was until I watched this incredibly awful episode. Ugh. It... Oh, my God. Oh, no. Please, no, please. That does not mean I want you to do more of that. Um, this is... Yeah, this is... Uh, it's not as bad as last week's episode. But Am I it, forgetting last week's episode? Yes, you, yes, you are, Matt. You are forgetting last week's episode. The episode last week where Mo, oh. pretended, Mo pretended to be gay. Mm, I don't know. There's a lot of Chinese stereotypes no, in here, no, and no, 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 no story Matt, whatsoever. Matt, this is this is not as bad as last week. I can I can verify. Um, hi, we are brought to you by sports on Patreon. You support us by going to Patreon.com/slash/TheSimpsonShow for only two hours a month. Get access to all of our bonus content. The best deal in podcasting. We have some people to thank, Matthew. Well, fantastic. Fantastic. Mark Stevens. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. And Jesse Barling. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. I'm so sorry you're both. Your first episode is this thing. Uh, it's Season 22 might be the worst one yet, Matt. It might be. Like, it might. You, it, it might, might be, be, man. Holy crap. It might. We'll see. It's it's between season 21 and season 22 so far. Um, I think those season 21 was our lowest yet, and I 22 might beat it. We'll see. Uh, this week's episode is Homer the Father, episode NABF05, originally aired January 23rd, 2011, written by Joel H. Cohen, directed by Mark Kirkland, received a 3.1 rating with 6.5 million viewers. The chalkboard gag Prince is not the son of Martin Luther King. Okay. That's, it's not, it's fine. It's not a great chalkboard gag. It's fine. No, it's really not. It's fine. Um, couch gag. It's this is a repeat from Squirt and the Whale. This is the one where the family chases after a couch through the newspaper. Weirdly, it, it, I don't understand it, but it's I still don't I don't think I understand it when it first did it, and I don't understand it now. But this is just a repeat. But also, full intro. They pat out this episode multiple times. Uh, this episode, my like you might as well title this episode "Filler the Episode." Like it is just filled with nonsense um, because they didn't know what to do with it. They just wanted to fill the time. The episode guest stars James Lipton as himself. I don't remember that. Neither do I. I was just thinking. I was like, I remember David Mamet. I got that. But James Lipton? Yes. Has James Lipton is credited as himself. I don't remember where he was. If he was at all, maybe he got cut. David Mamet as himself. Also In another scene that doesn't need to exist. But it's there because David Mamet's in it, I guess. Uh, Michael Paul Chan as... Chinese is Chinese agent, so we he is of Chinese descent, third generation Chinese American. Uh, I I looked it up, uh, so he plays one. Of, there's three uh, Chinese people in this episode. Matt, who do you think voices the other two Chinese people? Ooh, Hank Azaria. I, I believe it's Hank and Dan Castellaneta. The my oh, guess. Okay. I think Hank. I know Hank does one of them. I don't think he doesn't both the other ones. I think think I think it's Dan Castellaneta. Um, but I'm, I I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, Dan Castellaneta. No, I don't even need it. You don't, it doesn't really matter if we're right or not because there are literally no regular cast members that are Chinese. Uh, so there you go. And then you have Gary Marshall as Sheldon Leavitt, who is the fake television producer, showrunner guy who is at the very end of the episode. Who is obviously just it's just Gary Marshall. Like I don't like I don't even know why yeah. they bothered having a fake guy. It's just Gary Marshall. Just Gary Marshall playing himself for like eight seconds, but whatever. And the, I think that's a really frustrating thing about this, Matt, is that this could be a, easily be a good episode. 
Like the idea is solid. Um, yeah, but they get bored with it almost immediately. I think, uh-huh. it, or or they just don't want to develop it. Like I, I, at a certain point, they just don't want to. I think. What else? How else would you describe it? That's the only way I can even come close to thinking about. Like this is just. <clears throat> I mean, like okay, so here we go. <sighs> the family is watching old television. Matt just Matt just editorializing all of this. He says family watching bad TV. I'm like, well, this is just old television, Matt. Um, I guess Matt never watched a sitcom from the 80s ever. <laughs> I actually watched several, but I forgot about Alan Thicke and Growing Pains. Was, I'm sorry. Growing Family Ties, Growing Pains, uh, like you know, there the the there's a huge those mid 80s into early 90s sitcoms. That then spawned the, all the those nine the terrible. I mean, they're not good. I'll get. They're not good. No. But that is what this is. We're watching like a Nick at Night style programming, effectively. That is showing reruns of old sitcoms that are not real sitcoms. They are in the Simpsons universe, I guess. And we finally stop on one called Thicker Than Waters, which is basically growing pains. It's Alan Thick. The the main character is absolutely doing they're doing an Alan Thick thing. Um the, t- Which, the now that you pointed out I realized that, but his sweater is very Cosby show. I I like the reason Cosby show was show groundbreaking map is because it was doing a typical white person sitcom, but with black people, with a black family, and it was yeah. tipped totally normal. Um and that's why it was so groundbreaking at the time. And nowadays you look at it, you're like, what even what? What do you mean? Right. Th- that was where we were where they just wrote everyone like people. And you're like, oh, wow, it's groundbreaking. Um, But Homer gets obsessed with this. And this is like the first big plot point. And I would say, oh, they get to this real fast. That's good. Uh, They don't really, they barely stay there for even, you know, an act maybe. And then it just goes off the rails. Uh, And there's way too much of the TV show stuff. And then we get (laughs) the nuclear secrets. And I'm just like, What? It's all nonsense uh, at a certain point. So we we start there. Homer being obsessed with this old TV show and especially the dad in it. He's like learning. Homer is like, oh, this is a I am. I am seeing a real good father figure modeled for me. I just have to behave like this guy and I'll be a good dad. And you go, that's pretty good. That's interesting. And especially considering that The Simpsons effectively started in the 80s. So you could even do like weird, fun meta stuff in there. But they went in the wrong direction with the weird meta stuff, um, which surprise, surprise. Then we get to the other half yeah. of this because it's Bart. This is not a Homer episode. This is more a Bart episode, really. I guess I think I, it's I more mean, about the best I can tell is it's I, supposed to be a Bart episode. I mean, it's more about Bart's decision than it is Homer. Homer doesn't really have anything to do with most of this plot. Um, he's there. He's like the but he's static. So Bart bike breaks down and he is in front of a mini bike shop i'm trying to keep all this straight man i literally watched this episode maybe four hours <laughs> four hours ago i think uh-huh. i don't remember i barely remember it it's already like washing away my mind because just nothing happens it is so i can't emphasize this enough this is a very boring episode yes nothing happened like there are like three things that happen and then a lot of really bad jokes Okay, here's our our, our, our our weekly check-in, Matt. Did you laugh at anything in this episode? Not a single thing, and it infuriated me the entire time. 
I was just really confused by it. I was just like, what's the funny? Like, I was, it's like one of those things where you're like, where are the jokes? You're like, again, this was one of those things that feels like if you told me an AI wrote this, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it thinks things are funny, but but because it doesn't really understand human humor, like, it it writes what it thinks jokes are. But that's the entire episode. You're just like, wait a minute, what's what's the funny thing here? Um, Bart wants a mini bike for some reason. You don't know. You don't know why. We are just told, basically, like that. That's a lot of this episode is a lot of telling and not really any showing. Like, why does Bart want this? uh, We don't know. Because every has, kid wants a mini bike. I I never wanted a mini bike in my life, Matt. There's literally no time in my life when I wanted a mini bike. I wanted a, I want I wanted a dirt bike, not a but a mini bike. That's what I thought it was at first. Like I actually had dirt bike in the notes and had to go back and change it to mini bike because I was like, okay, obviously he wants a dirt bike. Wait, wait, mini bike? What's a mini bike? Mini bikes are like joke vehicles in in television shows. In real life, they're for like people who are, you know, going short distances and want to just tool around in like a town or they do deliveries in a small area and don't want, and want something with an extremely small footprint, but it's not for fun. Like, I guess there are people who, have, who use them for fun, but I don't they they're slow. They're They don't have any horsepower. Like I don't, whatever. Bart wants one. None of this matters. We're, I'm just feeling air because this episode is so boring. Um, so Ho- Bart goes to Homer once one of these bike, and Homer, because of what he learned from the television show, denies him. Bart, son, if I bought you that bike, you wouldn't appreciate it. Because when you get anything you want, you don't want anything you get. What is this crap? Are you wearing a wire? <laughs> Someday you'll understand that I'm just being a good dad. Are you kidding? You're the worst dad who ever lived. I'd rather take my chances in a hot car than go in a store with you. Why, you little... <laughs> Homer, a good father is strong enough that he doesn't need to use his strength. What Bart needs is for you to strangle him with your love. Hmm, I never thought of fatherhood as something that could affect a kid. Son, I won't strangle you anymore, but I also won't get you that mini bike. How about this? I'll let you punch me in the face and you get me a snowmobile. I wish I could, son. I really wish I could. What is this? Oh, I didn't we have a thing? Was this episode or the last episode about Homer swearing off uh, strangling? That was this episode, right? I don't remember, Matt. I <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you. I have no idea. It doesn't. It like, but I just I pulled that clip because it literally starts with Bart wanting a thing, and like you get that, like, oh, that's interesting. Homer does the right thing because he was he watched on television, and then within fifteen seconds of that is strangling Bart. Wouldn't you go, wouldn't you have a moment where Homer is going to do it and then realizes, oh, he would, and he realizes, oh no, uh, the, the, the fake dad, he would never do that. So I'm not going to do it either. You'd think that'd be, they, but they don't even have the patience for that. They, you know what happened? They had a joke where it goes, oh, Homer strangles Bart. They, they literally went like, oh, we can do that. And it'll fill 15 seconds of air. Let's do it. Um, so Bart, Bart doesn't get a mini bike because Homer, did the right thing, ostensibly in this situation. We get a scene where he tells Marge about it, and she is turned on, and they have sex. Okay, weird. Of course. What? What? Like again? What? Why? Why is this in? Why is this in here? What? What is going on? Um, to fill time. I mean, like literally every scene. You're like, why are we watching this? 
<laughs> You're like, why are we watching this scene? So Bart is upset. Lisa suggests he gets a job. And this is where we also learn that Lisa is like Andy Dufresne, where she is doing the books for the family and taking the money she needs for what? She takes what she needs. For she's what? She's a little off the top. I don't know, Robbie. She's she's eight. (laughs) Whatever she wants, but apparently there's not enough to actually get her what she really wants, which is a college education. I don't understand this. What's going on? So, Bart, she suggests he gets good grades. And to, you know, do the right things. Uh, Fly the straight and narrow. Homer will get you the bike, right? That's how this all works. So, (laughs) Bart does that. I swear to God, this is all that's happening, guys. Like, I know it sounds like this is like, what's going on? And I'm like, yeah, this is what happens in this episode. I don't know what to tell you. So uh, he does all this, goes to Homer, showing, oh, look, I did the right thing. Are you going to reward me now for doing the right thing? I worked hard. I should get the mini bike now. And Homer doesn't give it to him because of a weird other contrasting lesson he's learned from this dad. And Bart is understandably very upset. Uh, Dad, if we could get to the reward... Son, you already have your reward. The feeling of accomplishment you can only get from hard work. What the? I wanted a mini bike. I told all my friends I was getting one. Well, if they care that much about whether you have a mini bike, then they weren't really your friends. Yes, they were. But now they won't be, because I don't have a mini bike. <clears throat> hmm. If this were a TV show, that would be a hell of an act break. But it could use a button. Oh, what if I said, well, if you... I just... Why? Why, Robin? Is this supposed to be, like, meta-funny humor? Because it's it's not really either. No, this is... I I apologize for my crudity, but this is the writers masturbating in front of us, Matt. That's all this is. I... This is a self... It's not even... This is a self-indulgent joke. That you edit out of your script. I don't even know if it counts as a, a joke. It's a joke to them, Matt. That's what I mean. I don't. It's. I did not laugh at this. I'm sure someone did, but it's not me. Like you and like if again, this is them. Like just not treating this episode like it's actually telling a story. It is just like, oh look, we could it like you can clearly end like they that would be a good act break where Bart blows up, gets angry, go to cut to commercial. Because that would be great. Just... A great. It would be a great cliffhanger into Act Two. Yeah. But instead, we have this weird, dumb meta thing where Homer like acknowledges, "Oh, that would be a great backbreak." And then, oh, but oh, we're gonna end with the, the non the non joke because they didn't actually write a joke. And that's the other thing. That's the thing that really makes me angry about this man. It's not that they did this meta thing. It's that they couldn't write a joke, and so they made the joke about there not being a joke. There's no joke here. Like what you said, there's no joke. There isn't no, isn't a joke. The joke is there's no joke, but it's not. It's not funny. And yeah, it's it's, like an, it's 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 tempting to be an anti joke, but it's not. They can't. Whatever they want to do, Matt, they cannot achieve it. We go to commercial nine minutes and thirty three seconds. It felt this, Matt. I swear to God, I was checking the time. I'm like, how is this so long? Why is this nearly ten minutes long? Nothing happens. Like we get Bart. Nope. Not six. He doesn't get a mini bike twice. That's all that happens in this episode. In the first ten minutes of this episode, that's all that goes on. There's a bunch of a bunch of other things happens. I guess they none of it matters. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, and, you back and Matt, here, Matt. This, hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. I want to clarify this. This is the good part of the episode. The ten, those first oh, ten is. minutes is the good stuff. Whew, oh boy. yes, because it gets so stupid. Like, this this next act is entirely incredibly short. It is less than three minutes. We're gonna blow through this, and I got one clip that does it all. And I'm gonna read you some horrible names. <laughs> so Homer is still watching this like Nick at Night channel, uh, classic TV, whatever, like cozy or whatever you want to call it. It's based on real TV uh, channels. Um, meanwhile, uh, Apu knocks at the door and says, "Oh, Homer, you left your nuclear plant badge at the Quickie Mart." And then Apu goes into all the things that are wrong with the world and all the people that shouldn't be allowed into the United States, including all everything that came after him, including his children. Ha ha! Oh, that's right. Attack those immigrants. That's hilarious. Never, never be afraid to to criticize people who have horrible lives and have to work incredibly hard just to get nowhere. Good job, Simpsons writers. I've, uh, I, I, I. It's gonna get it's, so much worse, Robbie. We're yeah, strapped like, in. This is nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nothing compared to what's about to come up because at this point, Bart overhears this and, yeah, yeah. Stupid jerk. He owes me a mini bike, and I'm gonna get it. <laughs> hey, Apu. Mr. Homer, you inadvertently left your nuclear plant security badge in the birthday card rack. Can't lose that. It's the best picture of me I have. Well, I am more concerned with global terrorism. America's enemies would give anything for your nuclear knowledge. Yeah, I do know a lot about nuclears. And America has so many enemies. Iran, Iraq, China, Mordor, the hoochies that laid low Tiger Woods, undesirable immigrants, by which I mean everyone that came after me, including my children. So I'm offering to trade your country nuclear secrets for a mini bike, concludingly yours, Bart Simpson. So yeah, that's that's pretty much this entire act, is Bart decides that he is going to send letters to the Chinese White House, the Iranian White House, the Iraqi White House. These are like letters you can see in the background of where he's sending these to. Uh, I also saw, I, I believe, what did I put call it? The Hoochies to try to take down Tiger Woods? Because there's a letter addressed to the Hoochie White House. I just... <laughs> it's almost funny now because of how bad it is. I mean, that's the only kind of... The only kind of laughs you're going to get in this, Matt, are from you are from literally like laughing at how how bad it is. There is no there's no intentional comedy in this. Um, it is absurd. We're not done, though. Matt. No, we're not. Because the next day or the next whenever Bart is attempting to ride his regular bike up a hill and is upset that he's having a hard time with it. When he is approached by a van with the letter CIA on the side, Bart attempts to run away, but he is eventually captured by the CIA. He immediately tries to get out of it saying, oh, it was all a joke. It was all a joke. I didn't mean I was going to actually sell nuclear secrets, but it turns out, ha ha ha, these are Chinese guys as part of the Chinese intelligence in America. Keep going, Matt. Come on. And give us the, they, come on. they want. They want to buy the nuclear secrets, but luckily they got to him before the FBI, the French Bureau of Investigation, which, okay, that's not even a joke. That's just FBI with the F being French, and <laughs> it's getting me now. It's really getting me now. The A-team of Finland. <laughs> Who thought this was funny? I just... 
they have a a Finnish B.A. Baracus. I, I, and that's supposed to be the joke. That's where the act ends. Is this guy pretending to be B.A. Baracus? <laughs> a Finnish Mr. T. What do you do with this? Like, what do you I do? Know, I can't believe, like, I can't, Matt. I, like, this is when you're like, you just stare agog at it. You're like, Chinese intelligence in America? French Bureau of Investigation? The A-team, ATF, A-team of Finland? Really? Like, this is the jokes we're getting in this episode. That, those are, that is, like, I, I can't, like, what? I literally, I had, I watched this, I watched this part twice, Matt, because I could not believe it. I was literally agog. I'm like, are you serious? Like, when if they, when, if Bart is picked up by the actual CIA, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Are they going to, what is that going to mean? No, no. It's, that's like, they, they do the dumbest version. I can't. This is ter- it's terrible. It's so terrible. They, are we uh, And to be clear, three Chinese characters, uh, they're one portrayed by an actual Chinese American. Uh the other two are uh white, two white guys. Um oh, oh, I, I think it's so much worse in their portrayal. Oh yeah, that, that's it's yeah, oh boy. Oh boy. Matt, I it's it's really unfair, Matt. I'm going to say that. This episode's unfair. What you get like how many total minutes are you like what? 7? You have like 7 minutes you get to cover and I get to cover the rest. Yeah, I was so confused. I missed the Act 2 to Act 3 act break and I ended up like capturing clips for all of Act 3 because it was so subtle. Like I was like, there's no way this act is only three they, minutes they long. Go, like, I guess it is. This might be the, the least funny act, like the least – like they make that meta joke at the end of Act 1. The end of Act 2, the joke is, look at this Finnish B.A. Baraka. You're like, what? Huh? And then it goes to commercial and you're like, wait, what? What? Yeah, you're like well, I'm like looking at like I lost my wallet. I'm like, what's going on? Where did? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Do we go to commercial, man? Oh yes, we go to a commercial, and thankfully I'm just gonna pass out. I'm gonna aerosolize some vodka, and uh, <sighs> we go. To, we come back to 12, 12 minutes and twenty four seconds. So Bart agrees to put nuclear secrets on a flash drive for a mini bike. That is what this plot is now. It is we have we have left the sitcom dad stuff in the rear view mirror. It does not matter for the rest of this episode. It does not matter. The rest of this episode is about Bart trying to get nuclear secrets and getting a mini bike and feeling guilty about it and eventually having to reckon with it, etc. There's no more the the name of this episode Homer the father about Homer becoming this sitcom dad, a stereotypical sitcom dad. Not any, it's not anymore. No more of it. It is literally half of this episode is that sort of, and then it becomes Bart, uh, mini bikes, Chinese uh, spies, nuclear secrets. It doesn't make any sense. It's all complete nonsense. They're, they're, this is not the Simpsons. I'm just gonna say that, Matt. This whatever this rest of this episode is. It's not the Simpsons. I don't know what it is. It's just not, it's a bunch of no. like it's just a bunch of trash. Um, to do this, to, for Bart to get the secrets, he he decides he's going to hang around Homer more, be able to eventually get to work with him, and have access to the secrets. So he goes to Homer and says he's going to start playing nice, to hanging around him more. Dad, I was thinking about it, and you're right. You shouldn't buy me something I didn't earn, and because you gave me the tough love I didn't know I needed. 
I'm going to be spending lots and lots more time with you. Oh. <laughs> He's buying it. I'm buying it. Cherish that family smile. Picket fence days don't last forever. The future is coming up. Mom and Dad and kids are dead. I love visiting you at work, Dad. And I love having you here, son. Because you can wake me up if somebody comes. Hmm. Homer aeros Matt has already alluded to it. Uh, Homer aeros aerosolizes vodka and breathes it in, and then immediately passes out while at work. I just, I don't. What happened? Does that did they do that on the television show, Matt? I am assuming that's that's how you be a good father. I again, they've just immediately dropped all pretense of caring about like the supposed present premise of this episode. Like they've yeah. immediately dropped it. They've forgot about it. Don't care. I don't know. So. Um, Bart sneaks into a high security area with Homer's retina scan. They make more jokes about how Homer doesn't have a real eye because he just draws a picture of a cartoon eye on a piece of paper and it works on the retina scanner. Um, Bart gets the secrets, goes to the zoo, drops them off in front of the panda exhibit. You get it? I sure do. Yeah, man. Pandas. China. Yep. Pandas are from China. So uh, he does that, gets his mini bike, drives off with his mini bike. Um, we see Bart celebrating with his mini bike in the middle, of, in, in, in the night, in his bed. He sleeps with his mini bike. He wakes up in the morning excited because he got his mini bike to only find out that Homer has already purchased another mini bike for him because he decided oh, Bart's been such a good son. He does deserve something. And we go to our final commercial at 16 minutes and 25 seconds. And when we come back, uh, we get the climax, I suppose. So, at this point, Bart has two mini bikes. He has the uh, one of the Chinese he got from the Chinese uh, agents uh, for giving them the flash drive with all the nuclear secrets on it. How Bart knew what to steal, we're not going to bother asking because this episode is stupid enough as is. And the one that Homer got him. Uh, so he's riding around in front of the house, and he is unhappy. And Homer is suspicious of this. I've got summer squash. Mm, the boy's acting really weird. I did everything that TV show told me to, and he's still not happy. Well, maybe you shouldn't listen to a 30-year-old TV show that only got on the air because the creator had evidence the network president ran over a guy. Where's he going? <laughs> Earth would a child go to the zoo? <gasps> oh, it's still here. Yes! I get the flash drive back and the manila envelope. Aha! Typical American treachery. I can't believe a boy who would betray his country would betray a different country. Uh, unbelievable. Terrible. Masters, I can explain. Explain nothing. Hand over the flash drive. And you'll leave us no choice. A teddy bear. A teddy bear made in China. Step away from the traitor. Dad! The boy's flash drive may be in there. But I've got a lifetime of nuclear secrets up here. Okay, but don't read our subtitles. I just... 
they they threatened him with a teddy bear made in China, so it has a knife in it and a rabbit toy that is basically a stun gun and this weird flaming thing that has dragon ghosts come out of it. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know, Matt. It's dog food. I mean, it's, it's dog food, dog Matt. Food. Yes, dog it's a food. can of dog. Yes, that's right. They have it. Okay, I mean, this is don't watch. I mean, if you haven't watched it, don't watch it. Matt and I are making this more entertaining than this episode is. Okay, it's just they. There's a can of dog food that says "Made in China." I don't know why I would say that. Whatever. They open it up, and ghosts and dragons come out of it. What? Uh, what? Yeah. What? What is yeah. this? What are we doing? What? Like, wait. Why are they? What? Okay. Sure. Fine. All right. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, don't worry, Robbie. We're we're pretty much done at this point. No, we're That's not, Matt. No, this. we're not. You act like we're done, and you didn't even finish this episode in our notes. I'm gonna call you out on this. All right. You just write. Oh, they make a Tiananmen Square joke, and I'm like, oh, this. That's okay. Is the only thing that's over? left is the no, itchy scratchy. They, they watch itchy and scratchy for a minute, Matt. You don't just get to stop because it's boring. <sighs> Whatever. Anyway, so at this point, we get a long conversation in what I, I have to suppose is Mandarin uh, between these one genuine Chinese American and Hank Azaria and Dan. I'm Matt. I'm gonna Matt. Uh, I'm Matt. 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 I don't. I don't know. You don't think this is Mandarin? I mean, I don't know Mandarin, so I can't. I don't know if you any all anyone listening, if anyone listening can tell me, tell us if it's genuinely any kind of language spoken in China. I'm genuinely curious because, you know, what my first instinct, Matt, when I started hearing them talk like that in quote unquote Mandarin with subtitles, obviously, because they may have to make a joke about subtitles being on the screen. I went, there's no way in hell that's actually authentic Mandarin. There's just no way. There's no way. Whatever that is. And, like, if it is, okay. I'll give them a mild amount of credit. But I highly doubt it. I Like, it, my instinct is like, oh, they just wrote gibberish. <laughs> like, they, that's my instinct. Like, because that's where I'm at, where I don't trust them. Why would they? Well, they, they like, the, all these three Chinese guys are the most stereotyped, like, the most awful jokes. And you're like, why would they tr- go to that link? They can't even write a joke, Matt. Like, why would they on earth would they go to the effort of writing anything in Mandarin? Uh, I uh, good point. Unless but, may, maybe Michael Paul Chan, maybe some for some reason he knows Mandarin. Maybe they had him write the dialogue. Hopefully, where they went to somebody, where they went to somebody who does who does and had them just write it. And that's the only way I could possibly accept it. But then you have to. Are you coaching like Angus area or and Dan Gaslin or whoever in to speak Mandarin? Are they doing that? Did they go to that links? Because that's like. If they did that, or they hire a, a day person to come in and just do you know Chinese for a day. But that's more effort than anything else in this episode, Matt. Like this is the bare. Yeah. Like I could have written this. This is like something you like. They wrote it down on the back of a napkin over dinner. They're like, oh, we gotta have an episode due tomorrow. Oh crap, we have an episode due tomorrow. We I haven't even started it. <laughs> what do we do? Oh, well, I had an idea the other day, like Homer starts watching old sitcoms and models himself over the dad. Oh, well, I had an idea that Bart tries to steal nuclear secrets. Oh, well. well I had an idea that uh, Bart gets involved with Chinese espionage somehow. All right. That's our episode. Uh, well, we need jokes. Hey, you don't need jokes. You don't need jokes. This is Simpsons season 22. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I don't. So, okay. I, so, anyone uh, listening? Anyone listening? Please let us if you speak Mandarin or any. If, I'm assuming that's what the, the the dialect they would use, the China the language they would use. 
It's the dominant language in China. But I assume that's what they would use if they actually did it. If you can speak any amount of Mandarin, let us know if it's authentic or even attempted authentic yes. authentic authenticity. Because I'm genuinely curious. My suspicion is it's yeah. not. Prove me you're, wrong, you're, you're Simpsons. Very much. Prove me wrong. <laughs> because all they talk about is how they have to buy two seats for Homer because he's so big. Side note: Homer doesn't look much bigger than these guys, honestly. Like, there's one kind of hefty looking, uh, you know, Chinese agent uh, that looks about the same size as Homer. The, like again, uh, this have... is the jokes. These are jokes because Homer volunteers instead of them taking Bart. You can take me, and they, all these are all. This whole bit is about if they should take back Homer or not to China. You know, like, yeah. Are, and, okay, we're, we're gonna wait, shortcut well, past this. Well, Matt, like, but are they buying? Are they buying like normal airline tickets? I guess these I Chinese mean, all, spies. Yeah, often spies will travel commercial, Robbie. That is generally how they travel. Yeah, I know, but with Homer, like, is no one gonna like throw up a red flag? Not really, because there's a whole bunch of you know white guys doing business in China these days. Even no, back then, I I know, but that that you're getting there, Matt. You're getting to my point. What's the point of all this? They don't need they don't need secrets. These are are these secrets. I, I, it doesn't matter. I I'm I sorry. I don't need. We don't need to talk about this. I don't know. It's just. I'm just. My brain is falling apart, Matt. I'm like. I'm literally. I'm like a like a car, and you just hear a rattle. And you don't know what it. Like you're driving down the highway, and you hear like a noise, and you can never figure out what it is. You take it to a mechanic. They're like, oh, it just rattles. Eventually, it, the thing it'll rattling will stop. And that's me. Eventually, I'll just stop. Yeah. Uh, because yes, at this point, uh, we jump from them discussing this to Homer at a already built nuclear power plant in China. Homer went over there long enough to teach them how to build a, well, a nuclear power plant. <laughs> Robbie, do you know how long it takes to build a nuclear power plant? It's like 20 years. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt. I know, I know, I know. You're, I know. It, it, this, it's contagious. I'm sorry. It's my fault for, for, for bringing this up in the first place. No, this no one cares. They don't care. Then this is there is if any part of this episode even even tried to hew even a, any kind of bounds of reality, they threw that out the window. They don't care. And the problem is, I'd probably cut them some slack if anything was funny, but it's it's not funny. <laughs> they they just the joke the joke is that they build a plant that explodes because Homer he's dumb, you know. They, they, he told them the wrong things, and they didn't test it or anything. And you're just like, that's the joke. That's the payoff to the joke? I guess. And there you go. Punchline. Oh, the, the plane explodes. At, at this point, Homer leaves. He exits the hotel that they apparently put him up in. For 20 years. And there is, for 20 years, <laughs> there's a long line of taxis. So he gets, goes to get in the first one. But there's some confusion about what side he's going to get in, so he lays down in front of it. And you might ask yourself, hmm, this uh, this whole scene looks kind of familiar. Oh, that's right. It's a Tiananmen Square gag. What? <laughs> Who would think that's funny? I'm going to lose my voice again. Good God. We're on the, <laughs> this is, we're on the edge of madness, Matt. Like, this is where, this, that's what this episode does to you. This, it, as Robbie points out, this is where I gave up because I realized this is the end of the episode and I thought we were still in act three. It's so I had not, to go find where the act break it's was. It's not, see, this is the thing, Matt. Okay, you, okay. You have your last little note. It says a team and square joke. I'm like, okay, it's over. And Homer goes back and we're done. No, we have a, the, it, <sighs> No, I watched the rest of it. I just didn't think it was important enough to make the notes. 
It's all important, Matt. <laughs> Obviously. Okay, so we get to see Homer and Bart on the couch watching Itchy and Scratchy. And that's the end. No. Sorry, sorry. It ends with uh, the... Uh, who, who was it? Gareth Marshall, the Gary Marshall stand-in. What's his name? Sheldon Levitt. Uh, having typed up this episode as the credits roll and saying, eh, good enough. And then walking outside with a tennis racket. That is how it ends. There you go, Matt. You got it. Another meta gag. Um... Are they? I'm, 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 this is a serious question, okay? It's a serious question. I'm not gonna have an answer. The best I can have is a joke answer. My serious, my serious question is: Do they hate? Do they hate me? <laughs> I mean, they don't hate you. They nothing you. See, that's worse. That's even worse, man. That's even worse. That's the, you know, that's the the bad men. I don't even think about you. Answer. Um, I like, like, like. You just throw in 10 minutes of, like, this dumb nuclear secrets plot, and then you end with, like, oh, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> That's the joke at the end is, yeah. no, we don't care about our, we obviously don't care. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pro-union guy, Matt, and I really, I do strongly support mm-hmm. our, the Hollywood writer's strike. Um, but there's episodes like this where I go, no, maybe they shouldn't be paid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Robbie, the important thing here is you watch an episode like this and you're like, this should never be aired again. So no worries about getting residuals about for this. You don't have to pay residuals for this because it will never be aired again. But uh, yeah, I I guess it's more about, you know, obviously most most writers, I guess, do try. This feels like uh, like a, a, a left it, an afterthought. And it's even more painful for me. Matt, with like we're we're recording this on a on a Saturday night. It's the only time we could really get it in this week. And I on a Saturday I've worked on my own writing for the majority of the day. I'm technically a day off for myself. Should have been a day off for myself, but I didn't. Uh, this is this this is the bare bones amount of effort for an episode. It's really shameful. If my name was on this, I would feel ashamed of myself. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would feel shame. Uh, we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. I mean, I, I think we've pretty well established this episode. No, broken, you were right the first time is... with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Uh-huh. I don't need any. We don't need preamble. This episode's very broken. Okay, good. I just got real. I'm just very impatient with this episode. I hate it so much. Um, yeah, it's broken. Yes. And this is the, that's the worst thing, Matt. With the barest amount of thought. Yeah, this episode's easily fixable. It's not hard yeah. to fix. It's really easy with this, the, the, the given premise of Homer gets obsessed with an 80s sitcom dad, starts behaving like one. And actually turns out to be a good father for a while. And then... I mean, that's essentially what Saturdays of Thunder is. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But you could... Like, I don't think the meta stuff is necessarily wrong, like, to chase a little bit of that. Because I feel like you could write... You could do that episode. So you take this same idea, right? And then you add in a sprinkling of how being a TV dad has changed in the intervening years. And, and maybe if you really want to be smart, you add in how Homer himself has changed what being a TV dad means in the intervening years. Because Homer Simpson, if you ask people to name TV dads and you let people include animated stuff, Homer's getting included. Homer's getting thrown in there. 100%. And so you could easily like what you said, Saturdays of Thunder is kind of that. You're right. But it was written in 1992 or whatever, 91. You 
modernize it, but you have the same kind of core premise, but you add in that stuff of like, well, now you can add in a little bit of meta sprinkling about Homer has himself, what is being a dad now in 2010 versus what it was in 1990 and why the weird stuff from the eighties, even weird, even way more outdated than it was even when the Simpsons were making fun of it in the nineties, because that's what the Simpsons bread and butter was in that early time. It was making fun of television that preceded it. You do that. You just do that. And you have Homer running. He starts following these edicts of, oh, I should do this with, as a father. I should do this as a father. And he gives advice to the kids. And then bad things start happening, right? You, you start running into problems. That, that stuff doesn't work anymore. And why? And Homer has to come to this conclusion, oh, television will lead you wrong. But even more so, old television is like such a product of the moment it was created. It almost most of it will not apply for your for your situation and how like you talk about sitcoms, how ridiculous the 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 premises are from episode to episode. Like you could do, there's so much there, and that's what The Simpsons used to do all the time. Uh, but you can do that, and I would sprinkle in more meta stuff. I obviously you don't keep. Well, yeah, and you could have Homer. Uh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to say go ahead. Uh, I was going to say uh, you could have Homer uh, gradually watch shows from different eras and try to act like those dads. If you wanted to make it, you know, just a more detailed commentary on uh, how much it's a product of its time. Right, and like again, man, it writes itself. It's so easy. It's the, like, and you don't need, and that's way more. Like that's more than you could do with twenty minutes. Like that's that's when you when we us just spitballing back and forth right there, that is more than twenty minutes of material. We would have to cut stuff out to get to twenty minutes after including all that kind of plot plot construction. We'd have to hew it down, right? We'd have to chop off the fat, um, and that's without including a bunch of filler about Chinese secrets, Chinese nuclear secrets, and like weird meta jokes and like of, of watching itchy and scratchy and retina scanners and aerosol, aerosolizing vodka and mini bikes. And like, you don't need, like, why is that all in here? Why on, how on earth does it get to this point where, Oh, there we have mini bikes going on. Like, why is it just people going like, Oh yeah, Martin needs a mini bike. Oh, what does he do with that mini bike? Oh, well he goes to sell secrets to the Chinese to get a mini bike. You're like, well, what, why, but why doesn't immediately someone shout them down and go, no, we don't do that. That's a bad idea. Let's keep it. Like, it doesn't even have to be super realistic. It just has to make sense has to stay around one central theme. That It's like the core premise of writing. I don't understand. Um, it's not hard to fix. You write, and, you, and I would also, like, and I, this our standard disclaimer, write some jokes. That helps a lot. Yeah, funny, funny stuff, you know? But it's easier to write jokes, man. Here's my, my findings. It's easier to write jokes when you have a central, when you have a, a scaffolding, when you have that skeleton, right? You have, like, the central, oh, we have the plot points. We know where the characters are going to be from here, from A to B to C. What do we write a joke for here in this context? How do we write a joke in this context? What's what's going on? How do we what's funny in this situation? Let's find it. I you know what I find funny? Dog food with ghosts in it. Oh no, you don't. Stop lying. Someone's gonna take you seriously. They should know better by now, man. That's it. Well we can move on. This episode's gonna kill me. From our uh, uh move on to our next segment. It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comes to the news group is where I ask our patrons over there at patreon.com slash The Simpson Show 
for uh for, for a, a subscriber at any level, support at any level, you can leave a review. First from Dara, it's good enough. Let's go home. I don't even know what to say about this. Really wanted to like this episode. Kept looking like it had promise, but then would waste time with more TV watching or treason. Guess it was a full later season 80 sitcoms when you knew the show was about to be canceled. Oh, I don't even know. I guess ninth best episode of season 22? Good thing I watched this on National Tequila Day. Also my birthday. I need a drink. Oh, that's a-, a good day to watch this. Amen. From Tim. Matt and Robbie predicted Home of the Father would be better than Flaming Mo, and gosh darn it, they were correct. First few minutes had me thinking this it might actually get in around 200, but then the episode got weird with the terrorism stuff. At least we had a golden year as well-meaning buffoonish Homer as opposed to jerk Homer. Guess they'll come in and say three number 317, not quite canon. Could be fixed if we focus more on the absurdity of Homer being an 80s dad as opposed to mocking foreign countries' of infiltration attempts. Yeah, I think that... I don't know about that ranking number, but yeah, I think it absolutely would be better with that. Um, from Derek, there is something I like in the idea that Homer would be influenced by the kind of slop that was the sitcom of the 80s. And almost acted as propaganda for how the American family should be, which is what early Homer would mean when he would scream at his family to be normal. But both Seinfeld and The Simpsons erased this generic sitcom model to the point where this episode in 2011 is completely redundant, outdated from the get-go. We have great Homer Bart episodes in the bank. What does Homer the Fodder provide that Saturdays of Thunder doesn't already give in spades and much better? There's certainly nothing even approaching level Homer screaming a homewrecker and Martin in this. In fact, there's nothing funny in this. It's pretty barren on the humor front. And to distract you, they go completely off the rails with some uh, OTT plot turn with Chinese terrorists. What does OTT stand for, Matt? I, it used to off the off the rails. No, off the. I don't. It, it, bad. I'm sure. Off it's the bad. track. Maybe. And I, yet I'm still trying to stave off Eon. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. From Jacob. Uh, I really enjoyed the first half of this episode, which feels like an off-brand Golden Years episode that you'd find at a grocery store if it were a food product. Good, containing all the elements, but not quite as good as the real thing. It's missing something. I mean, we get the carrying home of early seasons, the down-to-earth plot, and some smart, highbrow jokes. Like the famous Vietnam War photograph in the background of the voice over years. Plus direct satire aimed at the sort of sitcoms that the Simpsons overthrew back in the early 90s. Then, we get weird. Realize that Obscalian in the house is more of an aspiration than a parody. It's as if the Golden Age writers snuck back into the office as a prank and were working on a second draft of a new episode when the current writers walk in and catch them in the act, not recognizing who they are. The hell's going on here? One of them yells, "Get out!" Writer surveys the. <laughs> Jacob's writing us an episode. This writer surveys the now empty office, and his eyes light up upon the script that Bill Oakley and David Merkin were working on together. Ah, he says, striking his chin. No point in starting a new episode from scratch. I'll finish it myself. And so we get the illogical, emotional whiplash, inducing treason plot and lame, lazy puns about the FBI. Everyone must admit that I love the A Team of Finland joke. I watched reruns of that show as a kid in the mid two thousands. Other matters. I watched reruns of that show as a kid in the mid-2000s. We're old, Matt. We're Indeed. Old, we're old men. In other matters, a major bring-down of this episode is the disturbing line that comes from the mouth of the main, thicker-than-waters actor about he slept with everyone in the cast, including the dog. We didn't even mention all that behind-the-scenes nonsense they did. Which, like, Oh, that's do- right. I forgot about that. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like that's that's why we don't mention it. Like who cares? But first, that's really gross. The bestiality should remain well, that's the David Mamet bit. <laughs> it is the David Mamet bit. First, that's really gross. Bestiality should remain unmentionable in polite society. Second, this line makes me wonder if everyone includes the child cast members. I hope not. But he already admits to one extreme perversion. I know the writers probably did not think about this or take it seriously, but I did. As Matt and Rod- Robbie are fond of saying, "Not in my Simpsons, please." I just have this episode C minus and sentence the writers to spend the next five opening sequences taking Bart's place to the chalkboard while they write. I will not include bestiality jokes over and over again. That's all they had. That's like, I don't know. That's all they got, I guess. They have nothing else. They're so devoid. Finally, from JJ, 
First half of the episode is fine, even if it's boring and jokeless, but it's expected now. Then falls off a cliff when it suddenly becomes about Bart giving nuclear secrets to Chinese terrorists. So we get Gene, Al Gene era blandness and a Scully era ending. The worst of both worlds. At least Homer is surprisingly likable throughout, and I smile to Marge ironing their garbage bags. Homer's line, why would a child go to the zoo? That's about it. And those CIA and FBI puns were terrible. Yes. Yes, they were. Okay, that's it. Thank you all for watching the episode. Writing a review. Appreciate you. And you can join our cavalcade of in our parade of pain over there on patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. A listener question of the week this week is what is your idea for a Smithers episode? Lots and lots of great answers. Uh, a lot of interesting details. I think some people, we even had some like a, um, oh, that's my cat screaming in the background. I was going to say, is that my cat? No, that's, uh, that's Harvey. Uh, what's the name for when you when people have concurrent same ideas, Matt? What's the, the way to describe that? Is there like a... I mean, convergent evolution is one way, but that's not really what you're looking for, I don't I'm, think. I'm, I'm, like, I'm thinking more like a, an Armageddon deep impact thing. Um, or Ooh, there's uh, probably a special name. I know there's. I, I know there's a name, but we had some of that where I, I'm pretty confident these people are not uh, looking at each other's answers. They just came up with similar things, which I think is funny. I mean, it makes sense. Um, please take it away. All right. So first up from Rachel, I always liked the Smithers Marge friendship and wanted to see more. A hip new Malibu Stacy movie is coming to Springfield, but the Helen Lovejoy crowd finds it offensive and wants to ban it. Smithers loves Malibu Stacy, Marge loves art, and Lisa hates censorship, so they team up to fight the band and discover that Springfield is home to a lot of unexpected Malibu Stacy fans. Smithers is a hero around town and finds many new friends, while teaming up on this project helps Lisa and Marge find common ground. The final scene is the three of them, all in pink, sitting side by side in a crowded theater, but we never see the film, just the joy on their faces. Rachel, that is fantastic. I mean, uh, as someone who has recently seen the Barbie movie, yes, absolutely, I want The Simpsons to enjoy that. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. Go see it. Next up from Tim. I would like to see a Smithers backstory episode. You could have him growing up in Springfield with the usual suspects, but have Waylon be something of an outcast kid. Hanging with the likes of Cookie Kwan and Jeff Albertson. Spoiler alert, he's a comic book guy. Whoa. It'd also be helpful to have some sort of an explanation for his obsession with Burns. Perhaps we could have some younger man with a surface level resemblance to Monty, but a much more positive outlook on humankind, who, like Mr. Burstrom, has to leave town and never come back, breaking Smithers' heart. I wouldn't assign this task to Scully. Oh my god, no. I don't think Mike Scully works on the show anymore, but please know. Uh, next up from Dara. I originally planned for a love story aspect, but I fear that's too obvious. So instead we follow Smithers as he attempts to make good on an order from Mr. Burns, having the Rolling Stones kill him. <laughs> Dara, thank you for this. <laughs> he kidnaps the mall, but when he throws Keith Richards into a vat of nuclear waste, he casually walks out of it. Smithers is shocked and asks how he possibly survived that, only for Keith to say he bathes in this acid uh, daily to stay alive. It all ends with Smithers saying he can't get no satisfaction, and the Stones help him kill their cover band, the Tumbling Pebbles, finally appeasing a 30-year-old request by Mr. Burns. We know that Simpsons get Keith Richards because they already have, so yes, please, let's do that before Keith Richards dies, as if that were possible. Uh, from Matthew, we've seen Homer the Smithers, so why not Smithers the Homer? And there's a nice, simple title for you, Robbie. Specifically, it's an episode where, for some reason, Smithers has to take care of a kid for some period of time, maybe a distant relative. The reason for that is less important than taking Smithers out of his comfort zone and having him try to act like a uh, dad for a while. 
Mountain of Madness has shown us Smithers isn't exactly the best with kids, and without any strong same-sex parents in Springfield that we've seen, there could be, but the writers seem to prefer their queer characters to be fairly stereotypical singles, Smithers goes to the one family he has the most exposure to, the Simpsons. We see him watching Homer be a dad to Bart and Lisa. Yes, we did this with Krusty when he found out he had a daughter, but as you say, it's not necessarily bad to repeat a plot, it's how you do it. And maybe Smithers being as fastidious as he is, he tries to become the anti-Homer to similarly mixed results. But in the end, he sees that Homer, for all his laziness and messiness as a parent, does everything he does from a place of love, and Smithers grows as a person, learning to love someone who can actually return that love, as opposed to Mr. Burns, who never really will. Bonus points for fleshing out the kid and adding a new character to canon who can pop up on occasion, and possibly set up a future episode where Smithers has to work on his work-life balance between his new child and Mr. Burns' unrealistic expectations of him. Well, I don't know if that's growing as a person thing. I mean, you have to live the king of the hill, except for certain episodes, right, Robbie? I don't, I don't want to... I know, I know. If you guys are not uh, uh, not subscribed to our Patreon, our King of the Hill episode this week is not good. Anyway, moving on. Uh, From Bradley, my idea for a Smithers episode is that Mr. Burns quits. First thing, Burns is replaced by a new boss, someone younger, more independent, Scorpio. Either Smithers quits or is let go because he isn't as needed anymore and takes but a mere more boring job like working at a grocery store. All this takes only two minutes. Wow. He finds a disheveled Burns getting groceries, and Smithers asks why he looks so rough, and Burns reveals, gasp, he was forced out and says he was threatened with death if he did not quit. This all takes five minutes tops. Smithers and Burns reunite, and it turns into a revenge heist story, and it all takes place in one night. And after a lot of hijinks, they find themselves being held at gunpoint by the new boss, and then Burns says something kind to Smithers, and then they are saved by, oh, let's say, mo. <laughs> and Burns says he didn't mean what he said, and was comforted, uh, was comforted Smithers for the ending stinger. All right. Uh, from Derek, do you know what I'd love? Just a back-to-basics Burns Smithers episode. Not another modern overwrought episode about Smithers being gay. That's all he is now. He's gay as the day is long, and it's quite insulting to have this one aspect of him be all he is. Back in the day, the joke was that he was the ultimate sycophant, to the point where he was head over heels in love with his boss. The dynamic between the two and their interplay was unmatched, and I would like to see that return, but in an episode where Smithers is the protagonist and Burns torments the Simpson family a la season two. This could be another episode where Smithers' morality is tested, taking pity on Marge and comes away saving the day in the end. Ooh, okay. Uh, from Infinite Gur 4927, Burns Back Mountain. The high concept is some balance between be careful what you wish for and you want what you can't have. Smithers performs a truly heartfelt gesture toward Mr. Burns rather than his usual groveling servitude. At that moment, Burns sees Smithers in a whole new light. Smithers finally gets what he's wanted for for the past 35 seasons, a deep personal relationship with Mr. Burns. Burns sees a true kindred spirit in Smithers. Smithers sees whatever he sees in Burns. Uh, it begins swimmingly, but Smithers realizes that the relationship isn't what he'd always fantasized about, and he feels underwhelmed. And, not unlike Old Man Burns and Melissa, uh, or Burns' heir, Burns' corruptive evil leaches into Smithers' personality, and Smithers despises himself for it. Distancing himself from Mr. Burns for fear of leaving a lie, he returns to performing his job, but only work to rule, which is hilariously fastidious and precise, just as his career was before. Burns no longer sees the kindred spirit, just another underwhelming lackey, and returns to ignoring Smithers' affections, which turns out to be just the way Smithers likes their relationship. He's only ever been in love with the hope that they could be together. The B story is about Homer finding out from Grandpa why he has a seething resentment towards grapefruit. <laughs> wow, that is detailed. That, that's great. <laughs> oh, hold on. I, I ended a drink. There's a lot of these. Whew. I couldn't cut any, Matt. I liked all that's, of them. That's quite all right. These are all gold so far. I love these. Next up from Realizing Xanity. Real insanity, I guess. Uh, Smithers has the world's largest Malibu Stacy doll collection. He's so passionate that he puts his life uh, savings into his collection, thinking that the value of the dolls will go up over time. When he's ready to cash in the dolls, the buyer discovers that most of his dolls are defective and not worth anything close to a mint value. After not finding any success with trying to pawn the value of his dolls, Smithers decides to donate his collection to a children's hospital. Hmm, interesting. All right. From... 
Quesosaurus 666. Oh my god, that's great. I'd love to have seen an episode with the A-plot being Smith is directing Malibu Stacy the musical. Or to make it more topical, they could reference this past endeavor in a new episode and bring it back with him being asked to adapt the play for a movie. Hopefully this would turn out better than similar episodes, like the one with Everyman, or the more recent one with Marge directing a musical. Also, it could be interesting to include something about his mother he never knew, or another relative in this, just his first Malibu Stacy doll was all he had of this relative. Mm. All right, from Mitch100, uh, Smithers the Homer. Smithers gets demoted due to gross negligence. The pencils on Burns' desk aren't evenly spaced, and he becomes junior safety inspector under Homer's offices. Homer, worried Smithers will supplant him, begins trying to do his job effectively for once, but fails due to general incompetence. However, with Smithers' guidance, they become an incredibly effective team. Homer's interpersonal skills, an invaluable tool alongside Smithers' data-focused approach, and the plant is transformed into a safe and more efficient workplace. At the end, Smithers takes all the credit for the improvement and gets promoted again to his previous role, leaving Homer stuck in his dead-end job. At the end of the episode, everything's right back where you start. And finally from Brian, okay, this is really underdeveloped. The new Malibu Stacy movie is out. <laughs> Why did we ask this question this week? It's all Bark movies <laughs> stuff. Anyway, the new Malibu Stacy movie is out. Smithers is going to see it after work. Just as he is about to exit the power plant, Burns disrespects him and says something homophobic. The entire episode is a bottle episode where Smithers tries to find out why Burns is such a bad person, with an ending where Burns doesn't stop being a bad person. The Simpsons could, do, could even do something bold and strange and make a continuity change, where Smithers leaves the power plant for greener pastures. Robbie, what is yours? Um, my answer, my episode would be called Smithers the Burns. Mm. Um, Smithers the Burns, where they find a... I think there's a weird loophole around uh, in somewhere in the paperwork... Um, and Burns is too clever for himself and ends up with Smithers owning and controlling the plant. Smithers becomes Burns. He becomes the, 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 the person who runs the power plant and decides everything. And you probably seed right before this, you seed in some dissent between some, some kind of discord between Burns and Smithers and Smithers doesn't. Uh, doesn't uh, it fires Burns as, or something like that? I think as some long, along the line, Smithers is going to fire Burns, and I think you, so. You have an A and B plot. A plot is Smithers. B plot is Burns. A plot Smithers running plant great. Uh, all, everyone likes him as a boss. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's tough but fair, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And you see him maybe also, again, I don't know if you, how you, maybe this plot doesn't fit in 20 minutes, but whatever. It's my dream. I can do whatever I want. Um, you, you see, maybe drop in some jokes about Smithers, like, settling into the mansion, Burns' mansion. Like, he owns everything, right? He gets all of Burns' possessions. And then the B-plot is Burns trying to get his get a job back with Smithers, right? Trying to convince Smithers, like, hey, let me in. And him actually learning life lessons, right? Or trying to learn a life lesson. Um, and I think there's a little bit of a fake out in this episode, because I think you have Burns genuinely try and learn something like maybe he genuinely oh. does genuinely does realize like, oh, I I messed up. I, I like I need to make amends. I need to do I, I need to be a human. Right. And he goes to Smithers and has like there's a heartfelt plea. And Smithers goes, no, I don't believe you. Yeah. And that we have changes the status quo. From now on, Smithers is is in control of the plant. Smithers uh, and Burns walks off dejectedly, and you actually feel some like genuine sadness for him. Um, you maybe even have some of the guys at the plant make fun of him as he's walking away. 
Uh, and we all watched him actually have emotional growth. And so you're like, oh, man, that's really rough. Um, you cut back to – and I think you probably cut to Homer and the family discussing this at some point or throughout the episode. You finally get back to Homer, and he's like, yeah, I don't know what happened to Burns. He just walked away. And I think the last thing we see is Burns, like, finding a new, like, bastion. Like, a new thing where he can grow power and be and like have now he's doubled down on his evil because he's realized like oh I tried to be good and it got me nowhere. Mm-hmm. So now he's doubled down on evil and now we have like and he we can have this like rivalry between him and Smithers that can be like a and I think I think the part of the episode is Smithers genuinely realizing like oh why have I idolized and adored this man for so long um and I'm going to cut him out of my life et cetera, et cetera. Get away from all that. Just cut it off, cut it out. Boom. New status quo. We get I, fodder for a bunch of new episodes. I think at a certain point, a lot of my episodes ideas are just going to be like, we need to change the status quo. Let's do, let's do something. Um, Matt, what's your answer? Uh, my answer is actually, uh, I want to see a, uh, trilogy of era style episode, uh, involving Smithers and birds and probably one more character. We could do it with two, just the two of them. Uh, but you know, if you want to throw Homer in there, sure. It's about their day at the plant. Uh, where something goes horribly wrong uh, and you see it from Smithers uh, perspective as Homer makes things worth worse. Smithers tries to correct things to make them better again. And Burns meanwhile is completely oblivious. Like in this episode, we get to see how much Smithers does to keep the plant running, to keep Homer's and his coworkers idiocy contained and how Mr. Burns is completely oblivious to it. Uh, and in the end uh, we get one scene between Smithers and Burns where Burns goes, it was a pretty uneventful day. Good job, Smithers, or something along those lines. Maybe not good job, but like uh, you uh, adequate today kind of thing. And we see why Smithers does this day after day. He works this incredibly stressful job. Uh, and who knows what it is, but it, it's something that crazy happens, and Smithers has to be the one to, to fix it all. You know what I say, Matt? What's that? I say we're all really smart, obviously. Like all the, all the people <laughs> answered, you, me, we're all really clever, really smart, really good. Uh-huh. Uh, come up with these ideas. But also, I'm not a scab, so... You're gonna have to wait, Simpsons. Nope. If you wanna, you wanna hire me. I'll cross picket lines. All right. Next week's question: What is your favorite '80s sitcom? I'm gonna have to think about it. So I don't know if I have an answer. I think technically, like Family Matters started in the '80s, right? I believe so. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna try and not just go to like, oh, TGIF, right? My childhood. I'm gonna try and be creative with it and try and find one that maybe isn't and really think about it. But it, I'm gonna just it might be it just might be Family Matters. Hey, hey, mm. hey, Matt. Yes, Robbie. Did I do that? Oh, God. (laughs) (sighs) We can move on to our next segment. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I posted this question on all our social media. I posted on Twitter. Literally no one answered on Twitter this week. (laughs) Zero answers on Twitter. Robbie, Robbie. Let's let's, let's, let's do this correctly. On X, you posted it on X. I'm not not calling it that, Matt. (laughs) Well, eventually we'll stop talking about it. It won't matter. I... I'm gonna post. I'm gonna keep posting uh, posting questions on there, but no one no one answered on there. So uh, so it's on. I'll post it there. It's on our Patreon, obviously patreoncom slash show and uh, we have a subreddit. It's the Simpsons Show, and our our the subreddit is our the Simpsons Show on Reddit. Uh, you go there. I, I'll I post a listener question there. We actually we had a handful of questions, a handful of answers there. So it's a. We also had a very, very nice post about how p- people thanking us for our work, Matt. So that was very kind as well. Um, y'all f- are free to post, you know, whatever Simpsons stuff you want to post there, as long as you're not mean. 
That's really my like. Don't be mean. Don't be hateful. And I, you know, I don't care. Um, but we're, we're we're there. The Simpson Show. Our The Simpson Show. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Survey Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a lead on me after a chase through half the season. He has a lead on me now. One point lead. It's really upsetting to me. Uh, so I was mean this week. Oh, goodness. All right. I was mean. I'm just downright mean. I have no apologies either. Uh, <laughs> this is what it takes. You can't, uh, you have, can't have it. When you are hunting the white whale, you cannot have a conscience. You can't hesitate because if you do, it'll take your leg. Or take your soul. Your easy question, Matt. Are you ready? I'm ready. In Millhouse doesn't live here anymore. Bart's class visits what museum? Millhouse doesn't. Oh God, I I have no clue. What season is that from? I believe fifteen. I may be wrong. I'll tell you in a second, Matt. Momentarily, I'll tell you what season it is. Yep, season fifteen. That's when Millhouse moves. Uh, moves yeah, I, I moves uh, to capital city. Oh, that's right. He dyes his hair, and he has all the, mm-hmm. the new friends who think he's cool. Yep. Um, and they go to a they go to. A, oh yeah, that's right. In the beginning, they're at a museum. I'm gonna say it's the Springfield Natural History Museum. Matt, this is this that does not bode well uh, for your performance. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this episode. Because <laughs> they go to the Museum of Television. Of course. Of course. Be pretty obvious if you watch that episode. Uh, it's pretty easy. Quite pretty easy answer if you watch that episode. Yeah, but do you remember the last time we watched that episode? It was a very long time ago. Uh let's see, season twenty season fifteen. We're in season twenty two. That was seven seasons ago. So roughly three and a half three years. Three, three and a half years ago, right in the middle of pandemic. Oh good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I was concentrating on its Simpsons episodes. <laughs> era when no one remembers anything. What's my easy question, Matt? All right, Robbie, your easy question. <laughs> Whose racer does Bart win with in Saturdays of Thunder? Oh, uh, uh, that'd be uh, uh, Martin. Martin Prince. You are correct. Saturdays of Thunder. Oh, I see. That's a... I searched... You know how I got to Millhouse doesn't live here anymore, Matt? How's that? I searched sitcom on Freaky Act. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I got to it. Your meme uh-huh. question, Matt. What items does Homer buy for Marge with his panhandling money? Oh, that's right. Homer's a beggar. <laughs> that's the B plot. You remember this now? That's the B plot. That's right. the stupidest um, thing. He buys her. I know he buys her diamond earrings. Okay, that's, there's three Just items. Plain there, diamond. There's, okay, there's three items. So that's one of them. Uh, what does he buy her? He buys her. <sighs> I really what does he buy her besides diamond earrings? I don't remember. Um new car? No. I have no idea. I'm not gonna waste your time. That's all I remember is diamond earrings. Uh first thing he gets her are flowers. Okay. Flowers. And then diamond earrings. Those are the, we see them, right? We see him giving her flowers. We see him giving her diamond earrings. The th- the third thing is only mentioned, and it is a Bob Seeger box set. Of course, of course. Your favorite. You know Bob Seger, Matt. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a rock man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, All right, Robbie. That's how I would describe question. Bob Seger. He's, the, he's your medium question. Like a rock. Who is 
<laughs> who is Bart's soapbox derby hero? It'd be three-time derby champion. Three-time derby champion. Bleh. Three-time derby champion. If I say that enough times, Matt, I'm hoping it will like trigger the memory of me like, oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. that guy. They say it multiple. Bart says it and Homer says it. Three-time derby champion. Three-time derby champion. I remember, or do you remember the, the, the tip about stealing lumber from construction sites? Uh, but yet I can't remember the name of the three-time derby champion. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, Matt. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. All right. It's Ronnie Beck. Ronnie. Three-time soapbox derby champion, Ronnie Beck. Ronnie Beck. That's a good name. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Ronnie Beck. That's a good ma- fake made, made-up name. Your hard question, Matt. In the Museum of Television, what nosy neighbors do Bart and Millhouse walk by? Nosy neighbors. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, let's see. There's, I almost certainly Wilson from um, Home Improvement. Um, who else is a nosy neighbor? They walk past them. Yeah, there's a little display. Nosy neighbors. Um, oh, there's the... Um, the neighbor, uh, oh, from the Three's Company. I don't know her name. Um, <laughs> she's the one who's always trying to get them. Um, oh Lord. Uh, um, uh, oh, Mr. Roper. That 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 it wasn't a woman. It was Mr. Roper. That's right. That's right. Um, and that's all I got is those two. It's the only thing I can think of. Okay. Well, you got Mr. Roper right. That that's the that's uh-huh. one out of three. The other two are Mrs. Kravitz. You know what show? That? You know what show she is from? No, Bewitched. Mrs. 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 Kravitz is the the nosy neighbor from Bewitched. So we have in order. We go Mrs. Kravitz, Mr. Roper, Flanders. They walk <laughs> past Flanders. Of course they do. Of course they talk about meta humor. This is season fifteen, so they're right in that. Yep, it already started then, where they're just like, "Isn't aren't we funny?" We're going to reference our own characters in the Museum of Television, but we're not going to actually do any real funny jokes in it. Um, but there's your three. No no Wilson. Alrighty. Sorry, Matt. No Wilson. Wilson wasn't really that nosy, right. to be fair. That's true. He was always asked for advice. Yeah, he was He was kind of just waiting. He waited, right? You know, he, he popped up whenever uh, Tim needed him. Yeah, fair enough. Fair. All right, so you're... Hard question, Robbie. Mm-hmm. What is Cosby's first law of intergenerational perversity? What? What is Cosby's first law of intergenerational perversity? What the hell is that in this episode? Is that, I haven't seen Saturday Night Thunder in a long time, but to be perfectly fair, first law of intergenerational perversity? Yep. That can't be, Matt. You're making this up. This is a joke. You can't be. That can't be real. I, the first time I watched the episode with the subtitles, I was like, "Wait, is that what they're saying?" Uh, he. I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. You sound like you're just like uttering like random words. You sound like an AI right now. You sound like Chat GPT. And I asked you to like a prompt about do the Simpsons. <laughs> So, any any guesses? No, I have no way. I have literally, I, I could guess, but I don't even know what I'm being asked. Like, I don't even know what the question really is about. Like, first law of intergenerational perversity? What? I don't even know what that means. It means, no matter what you tell your child to do, they will always do the opposite. What? <laughs> what 
reverse psychology, essentially. Yeah, I know that, Matt. I know what reverse psychology is. But why is it framed that way? Is that really how it's framed in the episode? That is how it's framed in the episode. Search on Frankiac for intergenerational perversity. Why? What is wrong with you people? That's so bizarre. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Okay. Intergenerational. I've not watched Saturdays of Thunder in a very long time. I mean, it's very clear. Obviously, I haven't because, of course, I'm sure I have seen it. I've seen the episode many, many times. Mm-hmm. I don't remember those words being spoken. So maybe I just, my brain went, oh, those aren't real words. And I just substituted real words in there. I just went, maybe that might be it. Um, I do know one thing Matt, that about today, Matt. I just one. there's one thing that matters is that uh, I am now tied with you. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm going to get the first one right because. I mean, Matt, if you watch, episode. if you watch that episode, I would say it's very easy to tell me what museum they go to because it takes like five. Uh-huh. They're in it for like five minutes. There's lots of jokes. They they visit Kit, right? They see the neighbors. You know, Kit talks. We have Mister Feeney in there doing the voice of Kit, mm. even though I know that's not his real name, <laughs> but he's always <laughs> he's always Mister Feeney to me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm I I did say I was going to be mean. And that's what it takes, man. Can't pull any punches. Fair enough. I gotta be. I gotta be. I gotta be hateful if I'm gonna beat you. It's <laughs> the only way. Uh, we're tied now. I'm joyous. Uh, it, all the terrible things I I dislike about this episode are forgiven because now I'm tied with Matt on trivia. Uh, the, it's a new day. Yes, it is. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode. Ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compile a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This episode's bad. Bad, but uh, it's the bad. more we talk about it, the more I realize you're right. It's not quite as bad as last week. No, it's not as bad as last week, but I don't, like, it doesn't, like, it's, one, I'll say, like, yeah, the Chinese, the Chinese terror stereotypes are stupid, but they're not nearly, like, at least, as far as, against my memory, Google Guy Pan is way worse in every regard in that in that way. Um, it, it's just this is just boring, not funny, and then weird and crazy, and you you've no idea what's going on. Um, it's bad. I would not put it, you know, down in that the that that you know the dregs, right? It doesn't make it into the pit, right? The the the, the ninth. No, it's not the, that bad. The ninth circle of hell. I mean, it, it doesn't. There's get down still there. a lot of racism in it. And stereotypical jokes, but not as bad as, you know, Google Guy Pan. No, I, I think, yeah, I, I would say it's probably probably in the next tier up, I would say. Like, this feels very much to me like it belongs somewhere in in the four low. Like, I'm looking at, uh, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. It's better than Mona Leavesa, for sure. Um, that's number 414. That's like I'm just looking at like ground floor. Like I know it's not going to go below that to me. Um, Squirt and the whale, I think, is worse. Full Monty, survey to surveil with love, million dollar maybe. Like all these are like I think comparison points, right? I think they're close. Yeah, they're all like this is the ch- this is the area it belongs in. Like none of these episodes make any sense. You're confused the whole time. Um, and that's large. Like that's my biggest problem this episode. I like I have no idea what's going on. The entire time. I'm like, what? what? I'm well, because like, it just keeps taking these random turns. And I'm like, why? Why did you do this to me? Like, the Chinese stuff obviously looks worse. But, like, 
it's not the majority of the episode, right? We just talk about it the most because it's the stuff that stands out. The majority of this episode is just random nonsense. Like we we didn't even mention like Mamet, David Mamet's in this, like in a weird backs, like and he makes a joke about writing uh uh, uh what's it called uh, uh the, the 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 salesman what? the salesman David Mamet writing the salesman play, um Glenn Gary Glenn Ross yeah 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 um like there's a joke about that about curse words and you're just like what is this The Simpsons like what are we doing. Um, I'm really having a hard time placing it though. Um, okay, let's try and find an upper bound for it, Matt. Okay, because I think I think Mona leaves it is a good lower bound. I don't think it's lower than that. I don't think. No, it's, definitely. I think I would rather watch. I definitely. I think. I think even the Great Wife Hope is better than this. I would agree with that yeah because I, I I was actually looking at Rednecks and Broomsticks. I'm like, is this better than that? Not really, but it's kind of that's kind of where I'm zeroing on because like GI annoyed grunt. That's the one where Homer and some rejects take over Springfield. And the military like almost destroys uh, Springfield trying to get Homer because he's an infantryman and it makes him embarrassed. I guess I I don't know. <coughs> I'm not sure whether I would rather watch this or or that. That's a really tough choice. That's like a Sophie's choice, Matt. Like, I don't know. They're both I know. bad. Um, I oh boy. I as as bad as it may sound, Matt. I think GI and Nightgrown is better than this. It's at least a facsimile of a plot, I suppose. I I like that's the thing where like I know what like I know the story in that episode. I guess. Um. I don't know. The monkey suit. Is that better or worse than this? Uh, okay, okay. I'm going to go ahead and say that I would rather watch Mobile Homer than this. It's incredibly stupid, but that's where I'm with. The one I'm having trouble with is Million Dollar AB because I can't remember. I, I would rather probably watch this in Homer or Seville. I'm not sure about Million Dollar AB. Cause I don't remember it at all. That's the, I believe that's the one where Abe wants to kill himself, right? Is that what that was? Uh, I, well, yeah, with like the it's a bunch of weird football stuff goes on, <laughs> and then uh, Abe wants to Abe goes to the die pod. Oh God, yeah, right. I, I, <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't, that's the thing, Matt. Like, I just get. I'm like, is what is what is better? Like, I don't. I'm starting to lose my my mind. I think what is good. Like that's I'm like that's literally <laughs> where I'm like what's good what do I what's fun what do I enjoy, um, I I think I'd I don't now you're just like asking me to pick my poison effectively like which which would I rather die from yeah. I think I would I think this is better than million dollar AB I think the suicide yeah, stuff you're is just, is just right. terrible like I can't forgive it um and I'll and I'll say like I think a lot of it also comes down like Homer's Homer's like all right in this i think a lot of people talk about that like homer's all right but i think that's i think i don't you say you'd rather you think mobile homer's better than this i'm saying i would probably rather watch million dollar homer than this not this mi- it's not million is... dollar homer it's million dollar ab sorry. and mobile homer oh mobile homer sorry mobile i would rather watch mobile homer than this because this plot is just anathema to my brain it hurts to think about where this plot goes they go to they run away a runaway truck onto a Turkish container ship. You remember that in Mobile Homer Map? I do remember that. Yep. Much rather watch that than this. Okay, fair enough. I'm just testing you. Um, I think that's fine with me. We can play that right between. 
Um, right between Million Dollar Eevee and Mobile Homer. This is where we're at in our lives, but where we're, you know, splitting hairs. Uh-huh. <laughs> between Mobile Homer and Million Dollar AB is Homer the Father. It's a new number 400 on our list. We have 450 episodes on this list now, Matt. 450 no. on this list. And Homer the Father goes in at 400. It's a new number 207 in our post Golden Years ranking. We have one more thing to do, Matt, before we go. One more question to answer. The question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! Fire the cannon. We don't, I don't, we don't need to talk about this uh, any more than we have already. We can move up, uh, working our way down from the top of our list, answering this question about every episode eventually on this list. And that is number, we're number 149, Matt, is Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. It's the, uh, the, uh, the Edison episode. It's oh. The, the makeup shotgun. Wait. Automatic hammer. That, that's Miracle on Evergreen Terrace? You sure? I thought so. Or is this a Christmas episode? I know it's one of the two. I'm. Pretty sure it's a Christmas episode. What's the what's the Edison episode? Uh, that's uh the no, Wizard of it's Wizard. wizard it's of the Ever- Wizard of Evergreen Terrace. I got the I got him confused. Miracle on Evergreen Terrace is it is a Bart Christmas burns episode. Down the Christmas presents. Oh right, 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 right. And they fight over a washcloth at the end. Okay, yeah. There you go. See, this went that high. Wow, I I don't like that episode. That's not Matt. Do you need oh. to? You need to go back and listen to that podcast episode. Now, that's my. You need to go listen because you're gonna I go listen to myself. And I listen to you every week. I don't. Do you realize that? Twice, I know. Twice. It's awful. I'm sorry. For twice that. every week, honestly, because I listen once when we talk, and then another time when I edit. It's not awful. Your voice is a completely normal voice. You have a normal human voice. Um, and I don't think you hate. I don't think you dislike that episode. I think you. You're like, yeah, it's all right. I think that's ultimately what you said. You said, oh, it's all right, which You're is exactly where we're at. Probably right. And I probably went, no, I like it more than I thought I would. And it went to 149 on our list, which is, I think, a perfectly prominent spot for it. Um, regardless of how you think you felt about it, literally probably seven years ago at this point, Matt's like, oh, yeah, seven years ago, I think I didn't like it. I've never listened to the podcast, so I actually don't know how I feel. I'm just going by my gut memory of seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going my gut memory of the, the last last time I remember seeing the episode, which was seven years ago, probably. Unless you did you rewatch Definitely. it recently? No, I have not. Okay, fair enough. I, I do think it's canon. I do think we include it. It's a. I think it's. Yeah, it, it is, we do. It's one of the Christmas episodes, episodes you definitely count. Like I think we will get to a point where we stop. We're like, no, we. This is not a Simpson. This is not a Christmas episode that we continue, we keep, but. This is one we keep. I think it has enough of it that you're like, oh, it's canon. Yeah, of course. It's worth it. I like Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. I think it is it I think it is like it's that season nine it's that season nine stuff where it's like cynical, yeah, but you're like, eh, it's not too bad. It's not yeah. a bad cynical. It's just like eh, it's okay. I don't mind the show being cynical once in a while. It's when the show, every episode is cynical when you go, eh, gross. No, thank you. Um so that's a that's a yes, we're including. We're not gonna fire out of the canon, not yet. Matt's dying over there. Um, so wish him wish him well uh, to his grave. Yep, I will be dead next week. Probably will be working on a new co-host. I'm pretty sure I could find one that I don't think it'd be very easily. I don't know about easily. It is. It's not. Like, we're not doing the golden years anymore. But I'm pretty sure I could find someone. You know? <laughs> um, what I want to, what I be able to overcome my grief of uh, 
of losing my my primary podcast podcast husband at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could. I might just be crying. <laughs> um, that's that's it for this episode. Our next episode, Matt. I really thought Homer the Fa- I had hope for Homer the Father, but it kind of really it upset me. It disappointed me. Next week's episode is the Blue and the Gray. <laughs> uh, is this a Civil War thing? After spending another Valentine's Day alone, Mo attends a seminar led by a doctor kissing her and asks Homer to be his wingman. Marge discovers her first gray hairs and realizes she's completely gray and the fumes from the chemicals the hairdresser uses to dye it erase her memory. Whoa, that's stupid. This is so there's like a weird like bounce back and forth about Homer being a wingman and Marge being insecure about her hair. And um, I just don't have I can't I'm going to try and keep my expectations supremely low, Matt. And then if they're good, I will feel better. Right. Indeed. Right. You can find this list on our website, thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything we do is on there. I, I need to update it, honestly, with the subreddit. But up to that, basically, you know, as Twitter, has our Patreon, has um, a link to our RSS feed. You want to find us that way. Um, there's still people asking me why we're not on Spotify, because uh, they kicked us off. It's a gentle reminder. Um, you can find me online at RobbieDorman.com. And everything, every every social media place, I'm Robbie Dorman. I'm most active on Instagram at the moment. And now I guess Threads, because Threads added following. I'll actually start using Threads now. Um, I have a, I st- We just started Cult Video Vault. I had, we had Greg on, I don't know, a month or so, two months ago. Um, our newest episode is Clerks, as the time I recorded this. We have a bunch of episodes out now. Go check them out. I'm really, really happy with how that podcast is turning into. I hope you, you guys uh, join us for along for the ride. Watch some, you know, weird cult movies along with us. Go do that. Cult Video Vault. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is true. I spend all of my time taking care of kittens, so I have no time to actually, you know, interact with people on social media. Uh, you can see these adorable kittens at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. And watch them try to work their way through uh, all the trials and tribulations of being a full-grown office cat. Uh, in fact, if you would like to get your own little uh, office cat, feel free. Uh, you can in Central Florida. You can adopt our last little one, Mirage. She's still waiting for an adopter. Uh, but there will be many, many kittens in the future. That'll do it for us. Today, I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. You guys, isn't it?